Welcome to our podcast, All About the Car, brought to you by Sherrill Tire and Service. I'm your host, Rob Hoffman, an auto service specialist with over 46 years of industry experience. A regular guest on the ride with me today is Bill Sherrill, a guy that logs a lot of well-educated and safe Wisconsin miles and always has a lot of great questions. Welcome back, Bill. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for the call out, too. We also have a very special guest with us today in the studio, Chuck Scott of Life on the Road, a driver's education mentor and owner. Welcome, Chuck, and thanks for joining us. Glad to be here today. Thanks for giving me a call. Good to have you here with us. With today's highly successful driver's education process, our educators like Chuck can tailor fit an education path to send off every new driver on the road to safe vehicle operation. But it hasn't always been this way, and it took a little while to reach our destination. It soon became apparent that automobiles were here to stay in the 20s, and school districts in the U.S. started providing classes for traffic safety. Then in 1936, a college credit course for the instructors came to be. As with any structured class, textbooks came to the scene, followed by the Aetna Drive Trainer, a small make-believe simulator, cars that could be set up in a classroom allowing up to 20 students at the controls at one time. By the late 90s, the school system started to eliminate the driver's ed programs, making way for high-quality and flexible, independent instructors that we have today. And the expert in today's driver's education is in the house, Chuck Scott. Chuck, how long have you done this? I've been a driver's education instructor for 20 years now, being an owner of a business for the last 16 years. So safe to say you know your stuff? I've been on the road quite a bit. (laughs) (laughs) And you probably have seen it all. We'll get to that. But wow, so you are the expert here, and it's good to have you. Thank you. So what's your background? When was that magic moment when you said, you know what, this is what I want to do? That moment came over 20 years ago when Stephen Swain School District here was asking for more money to get their budget. And driver's ed was something we really didn't have in Portage County, many options. So I decided to start looking at how could I bring this business to this area. Uh, I was trained by a gentleman up in Merrill. So for five years, he actually liked what I did when he trained me, so he hired me. So I used to drive from my house in Bancroft to Merrill every day to teach kids all day for five years, and then I started my own business. So really, you are a professional driver. Yes, I'm a professional driving instructor. So you had to take some courses or classes to be an instructor. Correct. We have to do 40 hours of training by a licensed trainer, and then we have to do continuing education every year. We have to have eight hours of continuing education. Oh, so you've got to go through it every year. Yes. We go to conferences and stuff that we have held, meet with the DOT, different organizations and stuff, different curriculums we cover, organ donation, bicycles, people, people from Operation Bootstrap, train safety. We meet all these people at our conferences and stuff, and that's part of our continual training. So this is a little bit different today than it used to be back in, let's say, my day as I was being instructed to be a driver. Oh, yes. Even it's different than my day. Even your day. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute here. (laughs) Yes, there are a lot of new changes, and COVID brought along a lot more changes to the DMV and to the process of getting a driver's license now. Okay, I didn't think about that, but yeah, that's a big shift, I'm sure, in the last couple of years. So what are some of those significant changes? Because I think, like, I think of the simulator and classroom work that I had 
going through the education and as well as on the road. But obviously, we can think of you behind the wheel, driving at, driving around cars. But what is it about the education that has changed before they participate with you in the car out on the road? Or how is it all tied together? Yeah, the classroom now has changed considerably where we do three different options for classroom. We do the traditional all 30 hours because they have to do 30 hours in a classroom setting. So Chuck, just back up just a second. Your company does the classroom as well. Correct. Okay. Just want to make sure. Okay. Yes. Yep. So we actually have a classroom here in Stevens Point on downtown on Main Street where we do our classroom training. So we do a 30-hour classroom. We do a hybrid or a blended class where the students can do 10 hours in class with us. And the other 20 hours, they do online at their own pace. Then we have an all 30-hour online class that kids can do at their own pace. All of these options qualify then. Correct. Get they you to the all same get you 30 hours of classroom training. Okay. Interesting. Yes. I would say 70% of our students right now do it online, either in a blended class or all online. It's just with people's schedules, I think that is... And the kids, they know how to use that technology nowadays. Right. Where me, I would be going... <laughs> me too. <laughs> right. So about 30 hours is what they need to accomplish... Classroom training. Classroom training. Correct. Okay. Then with that, they also need to complete six hours behind the wheel training with an instructor and six hours observation, which is where they sit and watch another student drive for an hour. Okay. And hear what we're critiquing them on to help learn. Six hours. Back in the day, it felt like I was in that auto a lot more than six hours. <laughs> Sitting in the back like, seat of the car right. forever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just like driving around, it seemed like we we're just waiting for your chance to drive, yeah. but I get That's it. That's why it yeah. seemed like forever. Right, exactly. To get in that driver's right. seat. Exactly. <laughs> you want to know how what driver's that is? Get in your car, drive around Stevens Point for eight hours and have no place to go. Right. There you go. <laughs> yep. That's a good way to do it. Tour to yep. Stevens Point. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I know every house on every block. <laughs> I couldn't get lost in this county if I tried. <laughs> So then that puts us behind the wheel as we were talking. You get out of the classroom. You have to pass that certain segment then? Well, no, not anymore. Now all a student technically has to be is enrolled in driver's ed and be able to pass the temp test to get their temps. So they can take up to a year to do their online and be doing their driving at the same time. So they get their temp after the classroom? They can get their temp before they do classroom. Oh. They just have to pass the test. Pass the temps test. Got it. And be enrolled in driver's ed. Those are the two law stipulations. So I have a lot of kids that are maybe five units into their 60 units of online and have come down and taken their temp test because now the law changed two years ago where kids can get their temps now at the age of 15 instead of 15 and a half which was something me and the association I belong to, the Wisconsin Professional Driver School Association, we fought for years to get that changed because we wanted kids to have a year to practice driving, not six months. In Wisconsin is a great place, but your kid could get his temps back then in April, get his license in October, and he never drove in the snow. So that really don't that make sense. sense in Wisconsin. Yeah. Because winter happens every year here. <laughs> Whether we like it or not. Yeah, not. <laughs> so that's kind of how that works. Like I said, a lot of our students are doing it concurrently at the same time. Once they complete their 
30 hours of class, all of their six hours behind the wheel, six hours observation. Then we enter them into Madison's computer system as completed. Now, for when they turn 16, there is no more driver's test for 16-year-olds. That eliminated, went away with COVID, and that's not coming back. Still in the hands of the legislators, we're still running under a pilot program. This spring or fall, when the legislators meet again and the budget comes up, then it'll probably get passed into permanent law. But the statistics show those driver's tests were really weren't needed. Since they quit doing tests, teenage crash rates haven't even increased one percentage points over the last two years now, two and a half years, according to the latest stats we just got from the DOT. In some regard, it makes sense in my head that one little test that you get so nervous about, so many like little things that you can do wrong to fail... That is that really a demonstration of someone's driving skill for other hours of the day and multiple, multiple, multiple times? No, it wasn't because people get nervous. Right. And when you're worried about what am I, if I do this, I'll fail. Usually you'll do that. Right. I've had kids that I would trust and say, I'll get in the car, I'll get in the back seat, drive me to Madison. But they failed the first road test. Because it was nerves. They just sure. nerved up. Yeah, I can see that. When there was testing, over 92% of our students passed on their first test anyway. So really, did they need to go take that test? Right. And now the DOT doesn't have the funds to hire enough people to continue to do testing. It would cost all of us a lot of money to register our vehicles if they had to hire those people back. Interesting. So that ended, well, two years ago. 2020. Yeah. Yeah. The DMV couldn't catch back up from COVID. They were 24,000 tests behind. Oh, my gosh. Because when the DMV shut down for COVID, they get three to 4,000 tests every week they were doing. Is that the same throughout the nation? Or that's just a Wisconsin Wisconsin. thing, Every state is in control of their own driver's education. Michigan, for example, actually, the driving instructor signs off to give the kid a license. That's something we they tried to do here, and we stopped it cold. I'm never going to give a kid their license. I will not be able to take that responsibility. The state gives them their license, and the state can't be sued. So Correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, I'm going to go a little bit sideways with this next question, but I've always been curious. So most of Wisconsin is rural, and I've always heard stories about the farming families where the young kid is driving the tractor down the road. Is there anything legal about that? It's completely legal. It's completely legal? Yes. Okay. I see it. You see it and you hear about it all the time. Yep. Farm kids have exemptions as far as driving farm machinery down roads. They can actually drive vehicles on roads if it has farm plates on it and they're going from one farm. Really? As long as it's safely operated 12 years old. No kidding. There's not a law. There's not an age that they can... They can safely operate. If they can't, well, then parents going to get a ticket if the kid hits something. But but yes, it's legal. It's legal for farmers for rural. So back to the structured education and process. Does a educating new driver have to have a certain amount of time at night and day? Or correct. The old standard before the waiver program came in was students needed a total of 30 hours practice driving, 10 of which had to be at night. Now, with kids being able to get their temps at 15 in a year practice, they're required to have 50 hours of practice time behind the wheel, with 10 of those being also at night. Okay, okay. 
And that is just signing off by a parent by a or parent. an adult. Is it a parent or any adult? Parent or guardian. Okay. Who's ever signing off at that kid at the time of ish signing that saying they did that on that sponsorship has now taken financial responsibility for that person. But that practice driving does not need to be exactly with that person or does it need to be with that it person It can as be well? with an aunt or an uncle, yep. older sibling that's had their license for at least two years, a regular license, not a probationary. And the student must have a note in his pocket from his parent that signed that saying it's okay for little Johnny to drive with Grandpa Bull. Right. Then it's legal. We encourage more practice you get, the better you're going to be. Right. But mom and dad are taking that financial responsibility. They should know who you're in the car driving with. Got it. That makes sense. Yep. So coming back to the instructional part of it, we talked about, well, Bill mentioned that those six to eight hours seem like forever when you're trying to get to that driver's seat and you're in the backseat of this car. How many students do you have in a car at one time? Sometimes up to four. Up to four students yes, and we, yourself, obviously. And plus us. So we can have one in front and then three in the back if we have seatbelts for that many. Some students, the parents choose not to have their kid do observation and that is legal. They have to do more behind the wheel time then. Some kids get car sick in the backseat. So the parents would rather pay and say, hey, oh, yeah, I'll pay you to that. do nine lessons instead of six for every one behind the wheel lesson equals two observation lessons. So we can do three extra behind the wheel lessons with them and that will make that six hours observation up. So we do offer that. We do have a lot of parents that will take advantage of that. There's a driving school up north, Cruisers. That is the only course they offer is nine hours driving, no observation. So this is very flexible and customizable. Yes. Is that a word, customizable? It's customized. Just, yeah. Into <laughs> whatever your needs might be. How about that? We won't very flexible, it. though. I mean, yeah. just you can adapt to pretty much anything, it sounds It's like. very convenient yeah. to get it done. If they want to get a license nowadays, put your time in, you're going to get your license. This is what it comes down to. And it's parents having to step up and... You need to be get involved. Really in this. need to be a part of it. We yeah. can see that as one of our drivers at one of our biggest pet peeves. We're sitting waiting for a parent to bring the kid to their driving lesson and they pull up and the parent's driving. And we're just looking going, What's wrong with this picture? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what enough. are we thinking here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or kids get in and oh yeah, my mom let me drive here, but we had to go to here and we had to go there. And she kept telling me to go faster. It was okay to go five over because she was behind. Parents need to actually take their kids practice driving, not running their errands for them. Help the kids out. Yep. Keep them alive longer. <laughs> So, Chuck, when you're in the uh, behind-the-wheel education mode, I would assume you always sit in the same seat. You're always yes. in the passenger front seat. Yes. Okay. Passenger side, we have a brake on every car. That was that my side. next question. How safe do you feel? Yes, that's called my <laughs> lifeline. <laughs> I've thought over 10,000 kids, and I can probably count on one hand how many of them I didn't use it on at one time or another through the process. You've got to have that all set up on your side then. Correct. The, the brake and oh, yes. just brake. Just the brake and the vehicle also has to be labeled so people know it's a driver's education vehicle. That is all part of the state law. I always wonder when I'm probably passing you or around you or in an intersection with you and your students in your car, should I be acting differently at all? How should I act around a student driver car? I guess it should be the way you should drive every day. Well, I'm not sure you want that. that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of... Of knowing when you're sitting at a stoplight and you look over and the person next to you has got their phone out and they're at like this on their phone and you're trying to tell the guy next. You're not, not a good example. That's not oh, a good example. That's, you know, they're looking at some parent doing that. And I'm just like, can't tell you what they do. I can't control. Like, we can only control what you do and I can control what I do. Yeah. Right. 
Yep. Just remember, my philosophy is everybody out here is an idiot and they're all trying to kill me. And that's how I drive every day. And I haven't never been in an accident because I expect people to make well, That's mistakes. a good frame of mind. I mean, it's a good way to think about it. Yep, look defensive up. driving. Yep, there yeah, you go. The yeah. It's expect all about somebody to run driving. through that stop sign. Expect that kid to run out of the yard in front of you. Make a plan. As you get there, it don't happen. Now start looking again. Right. What could happen next? It's a scenario running. You just constantly run them through your head as you're going. What's getting in my way? What could get in my path? So how many cars, Chuck, does on the Life on the Road LLC operator own how many different vehicles i should say because you have a van i believe yes we have four driver's ed vehicles on the road right now a couple nissan altimas a ford escape and then i have a dodge caravan also dodge caravan is primarily used i go around the state helping people who have some kind of a disability to drive learn teach them how to drive with adaptive controls so somebody is, let's say, is paralyzed, don't have legs. I can take them out in my car, take the driver's seat out of my van, put them behind the wheel, lock them down, start teaching them how to drive with hand controls to give that person back their freedom again. Yeah, absolutely. So you've got to really set these vehicles up to work the way you need them. Is that you doing this work or do you? Have oh, a, no, I no, touch it a vehicle. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. My van was set up by, it's now Mobility Works, their specialty company. It used to be GT Mobility here. Otherwise, all my vehicle maintenance is done at a shop. Liability reasons. I didn't going to mess with brakes and then Makes something sense. happened. Yeah. Besides, nowadays, cars are just too complicated. I have a really great mechanic. And that, yep, I see her every morning, every night. She makes me dinner. (laughs) My wife's been working for a car dealership for over 25 years. So she knows 10 times more about cars than I do. And she can tell you every wire harness, every labor op, for every trim part, whatever. She's been a warranty administrator for years, service writer, office manager now. Your life is the perfect storm. You've got it all. So, right. Honey, oil change today. Take the car to work. So I don't have to (laughs) get it done. Yes. No, I don't work on vehicles. And like I said, with this job, liability, you just don't want to put. Right. Makes sense. And... I just can't afford them breaking down. Vehicles down, downtime cost you money. So four vehicles and are you the only instructor? No, I have four other instructors. You do? Okay. Yes, one full-time salaried position per person and then three part-time people. Wow. For me. And we might be putting another one on soon. Looping that back, just talking about the business side of it and vehicles and maintenance and all that type of thing. Approximately, what is the average cost for a student to get their license? The typical overall cost. Overall, our package right now for your behind the wheel classroom, we also give the students their temps test now so they don't have to go to the DMV to do that, is $475. And that's from start to finish. And we're at the same price as the people in Wausau, the guy in Wapak, I think that's 600 already. It runs on the summer gas. Right. It was $5. Yeah, was wasn't nice to us when I always set my price on January 1st with the gas prices. So that year when I set it at January 1st, and that it was, was like 310 and then it was paying 499 Yeah. It wasn't. But it's what do you do? You can't look at the sign and say, if it goes up two cents, I'm not filling up anymore. You just do it. You take, you eat it. So you mentioned that you business around the state, especially when it comes to your specialized van. How do people find you? Different companies, Mobility Works, A&J Service, which is another handicap installer of equipment. When somebody comes in, they need an assessment. 
to get that put into their vehicle. They have we they just don't want to put stuff hand controls it so somebody can look cool and screw around. So they need an assessment and hand controls are very expensive. So with me, I can put five different sets of hand controls in my vehicle right on the side of the road. Two minutes. Takes me to pull one, I'll put a new one in. So I can kind of say, okay, this control is going to work better for you than this one. This side having it on is better than this side because this is your stronger hand. I always need your stronger hand to be the one that turns the wheel. So it's just those little things. So when they get them put into their vehicle, it's what they can actually use and not have to, oh, God, that don't work. Now let me pay another two, $3,000. So. Very customized. You were using that term before. You've provided a very, very customized, customized service, which is wonderful. Yeah. Training everything. When they set them up, it's set up to that vehicle exactly to that. So it plugs in to talk to the computer and every The technology that's out there, what I do is primitive almost in handicap training. Really? There's technology out there where paraplegics can drive just by blowing in a tube. I've actually driven a few of those or actually have a computer sitting right in the vehicle that runs it. And I've actually driven one where I could sit in the back seat with a control board and drive the vehicle down the road. Well, wow. things have really changed, <laughs> at least since I've been behind the wheel. Yeah, Education exactly. back in the day. Yeah, the technology is wonderful. <laughs> and as you say, the mobility of that for a lifeline of somebody who has not been able to drive or has been in an accident or has had something, how wonderful. Right. I taught a kid in Annie O car accident, teenage. Two of the four kids in the vehicle were dead on the scene. Another one had lost an arm, had brain damage, and the one I taught was paralyzed in the waist down. All young kids, football players, he had a scholarship waiting for him. Just made a stupid mistake when I was going out, tipping a few, went through a stop sign and got T-boned. But we trained him, got him licensed. And it was like a year later, he called me up and said, hey, guess where I am? And I'm like, Dylan, with you, I wouldn't try. He's like, <laughs> I'm in the drive-thru at McDonald's. I just wanted to let you know I was hungry and I could take myself to get something to eat. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. I got to believe that's why you do what you do. Yeah. As with every All About the Car podcast, we always break away halfway through and make a road trip, in some cases, a very interesting destination in Wisconsin. And this time we're hopping into Chuck's van and going to watch all these (laughs) controls work. And we're heading to the Madison area, I believe Middleton, to the Mustard Museum. I think you should say the National National Mustard Museum. Mustard Museum. Yes, certainly. Yeah, absolutely. This is just crazy as I looked into this. I haven't been there. Bill, you were there a long time ago. A long time ago. The world's largest collection of mustards. Can you believe it? More than 6,600 different mustards around the world. And they take donations all the time. So if you get out and you're around the world and you happen to come across a mustard, bring it back and donate it to the Mustard Museum. And they actually won Madison Magazine's Best of Madison in 2021. So very interesting. Bill, tell us what you remember about the Mustard Museum. I remember mustards. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. (laughs) If I remember correctly, and at that time, this is probably 20 years ago, that they set it up in different countries and in different profiles of the world about what kind of mustards. I mean, you think about the mustards of Japan, or I just think of wasabi, and maybe that's just because, and maybe I don't even know if it's qualified as as wasabi, qualified as a mustard. I don't exactly know the answer to that question, but that he 
meat is different than a mustard or something that you put on your Thai food, which is different than you put on our hot dog here and Dijon and like all the different flavors and the profiles that come from other places. And it's so interesting to me, the flavor profile of the wide variety of mustards throughout the world. There's a lot more to this than yeah. I would ever imagine. It's yeah, probably the most think, popular condiment. Right, I mean, that, right, exactly. <laughs> How many mustards do you have in your refrigerator? Probably not a lot. One, two, maybe, maybe three. But like the world of mustard is ginormous. It's crazy. You know, the National Mustard Museum that we're talking about was actually featured on the Oprah Winfrey show and game shows like Jeopardy and To Tell the Truth. Wow. So this is a big deal. It is a big deal. There's even a National Mustard Day. I don't know what day that is, but it is from the That's standpoint the first of- Saturday in August. Oh, there you go. All right. <laughs> so that would be a great day to visit. It might be a very popular day to be at the museum, though, I bet. And I got really excited when I heard about that first day in August because you get free hot dogs to try the mustard with. Oh, so wow. that to me sounds like a big value. They've got live music, mustard games, raising money for local charities, and they paint the town yellow to celebrate the golden condiment. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, any reason for a party, that's what yes. I'm seeing here. And yes. I kind of like this. So you can visit that and get more information on the mustardmuseum.com. And what a road trip this has been. I agree. It's an edible road trip. You can buy something at the gift shop and take it home. There you go. Chuck, you got to find a client in that yeah. area. I will be going through that area next week, actually. All there right. you go. You have to stop by and say, hey, and that's uh, very interesting. Come back with something in your car, like mustard. So back in the driver's seat, we're coming back to our studio with All About the Car podcast. And let's get back into the driver's ed process here and find out a little bit more about what Chuck goes through when he's got his students and behind the wheel. I got to believe, Chuck, that over the years, you said 20 some plus years, you probably have a pretty good read on the new student drivers you have with you. You have a pretty good idea of which ones are going to take a little extra. Yeah, you can kind of see. It's really... I look at it as an 80-20 mix. About 80% of the kids are pretty good. They've driven riding lawnmowers. They've driven snowmobiles, four-wheelers. So they kind of have an idea of what right and left turns are starting stopping, which pretty much is driving. The other 20%, you can tell that they're not getting the practice. They haven't had those oh, yeah. experiences. And then you can see as you go through the position, well, all a kid will get in the car and I'll say, you haven't driven since your last lesson. Well, no, my mom's been really... Uh, you can I'm tell not that, asking huh? you a question. I'm telling you, I see it. You haven't practiced. You can tell it. Do you ever have to reach out to the parents? And, oh, yes. Uh, okay, that's a normal yes. thing for you. Please, can you do this for us? This kid needs at least go 10 times around the block with him before his next lesson. 10 right turns, 10 left turns. And I was just going to say, in that process, what do you find as some of the most difficult skills that people need to develop? I mean, as a young driver, but also possibly the question that you see as you drive around as an older driver, what are the things that like people are missing? Distractions, looking for things, blind spots. A lot of people still, elderly people, they don't know what a blind spot is. What do you mean I got to turn my head? Well, you have a backup camera. I got a mirror. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like, right. no, you still need to look. The camera's behind you, but what's right there? Yeah, right. Blind spots. Do mirror, mirror, shoulder. Every time your blinker comes on, you're probably not going to hit something. Today's cars, there's a lot of blind spots back in those rear quarters. Oh, especially really these is. SUVs. Yeah. And not only for the driver, but for the guy next to you, you can't see through that vehicle. So if he's turning left, you better watch out going through that green light because you don't know if somebody's coming through because they never see you. We tell all kids, green lights are yields. You got to look. If it ain't clear, you can't go through it. We had a tragedy here in Stevens Point 12 years Go, I would believe, I think, 10 years when a sheriff's deputy responding yep. to a call, T-boned a girl here on Church Street and killed her. She didn't look. The light turned green. She had her phone in her hand, and she went through the green lights, green, I'm going. She didn't see him coming, and just a tragedy. Poor young girl, honored deputy from their county who's devoted his whole life to helping people. It's just, you got to look. You can't assume things out there. Do you ever have to extend the time that you're going to spend with a student just because they're not quite catching on? Yeah. You do? Okay. So very, very flexible. We talk to parents <laughs> and say, hey, you need to either practice more. Or maybe you want us to do a few more lessons. I've done several. Couldn't tell you how many. I can only legally drive with you an hour today. But once we're done, we're going to drive another and keep working on this. And then I'll drop you off at home. Well, let's get this done so I know you can do it. If you ain't doing it right with me, how can you practice it right with your parents? So we'll spend time. Our goal is to get them their license. However, we got to do it, what it takes. Every kid is different. We have a set curriculum. This lesson, we do this, this, but that all changes by who's sitting next to us every day. You try to get them to their level. Do you still have to parallel park as part of the curriculum? Our curriculum, yes. Okay. We do. Okay. We do still make you parallel park. Even when they were doing driver's tests, they hadn't done them here in Stevens Point in 10 years. Parallel parking. In parallel parking, yeah. Yeah. Mainly because since they moved the DMV out behind to the right. new location, everywhere on their route, there's no places for cars to park on the side of the road. So there's never no ah. place for them to find a car to have a kid do it by. Got it. Yes. That was a big piece of our education. My education right. back in the Twin Cities growing up in a big city, we oh. had to parallel park and it was, you had to really be good at it. From my point of view, parallel parking's easier than doing a Y-turn. Because parallel parking's turn your wheel all the way right, turn your wheel straight, turn your wheel all the way left, and you're there. <laughs> See, we never had Y-turns when I was learning when I was a kid. I never knew what a Y-turn was until I came to Wisconsin and my daughters went through it. Yes, Y-turns are a big part of the road test now. And that's the nice thing in Wisconsin. I explained how under 18 years old, they don't have to take the test no more. The parents can sign the waiver and get the kid their license. And that's all the parent does now is goes on the computer. You don't even go to the DMV. Well, back up and say what you just said again. When it's teenager under 18 turns 16, they've completed all their requirements. Okay. All a parent does is goes on their computer, okay. goes to the state site, puts in the student's information, pays the state $28. The state will instantly turn their temps into their driver's license, email it to the parent. The parent can print it out. Student can start driving with that piece of paper, and a card will come in a week or so in the mail. So where does the picture come in? Do they have this? They get the picture when they get their temps, and that's the only time they go to the DMV now. And that picture is like, basically, you're seeing it as a full license. Yep. It's like the full holograph. Okay. They just take that picture the star? and put it on a different card. Do you even have the star for, like, airplane travel? If you do real ID, okay. which is something that's been in the works since I started in driver's education. 20 years now we've been yeah. Real ID. It's like this it's year it's in, isn't next it? Next year now. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, this is 23. So, yeah, this year it will be finally in. COVID pushed it back three years ago where you need to have a gold star. It's called Real ID. Starting this year, anybody, no matter what your age is, 
If you don't have that gold star on your license, you will not be able to get into a federal building, a military base, or on any airline, even inside of this country, without that on your license. And for teenagers, what they need to do is take two pieces of mail with their address on it to get that along with their birth certificate and social security card. The two pieces of mail prove your residency. So two pieces of mail with their name. With a student's name and address. Not a lot of teenagers get mail. Right. I was going to say, right. what, that's amazing. Like, so yeah, like, maybe a bank statement, something from their church, right. something from their school. Right. But <laughs> handwritten envelope from grandma? No. No, no it's got to be from a federal exactly. institution. Right. Wow, interesting. So that's yeah. how you can get that gold star on. I tell kids nowadays, it's really just, smarter just go get it have the parents go get a passport and you're covered on everything then yeah so you're talking from a federal level there but the process and driver's education and in all the laws and everything that you've run through here does that vary by state yes it does so it can be different out there correct some states kids can get their temps at 14 and a half okay okay some states iowa just passed a law last year that's allowing parents to do homeschool driver's ed Mm. That's not oh such a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know a lot of parents drive. I'm right. split on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Iowa, though, also has road tests. So they have a check at the end, I guess. That was always a nice thing here. I always liked with the road test because always gave us a check. And back. Are we doing our job? They were showing us if they can sure. Now it's kind of on me to make sure I see what's going on. Let's say a teenager has made it through to being a adult without getting a license and decide, you know what, it's time I need to get my license. Do they have to take driver's education? Say 19 years old, do they have to take a driver's education class to get a no. driver's license? There is no requirements for anybody over the age of 18 to get a driver's license other than be able to pass the temp test. But if you're over 18, you have to take a driver's test. You can't have a waiver. So you have it. to drive. Because if you're under 18, you've had training. Over 18, you could have just read the book, went and got your temps, never sat in a car. They're not going to give you a license. Yeah, wow. So is getting your driver's license then, is it a one and done for life? Yes. So there's never a time... Well, I shouldn't say never, because maybe there is a time where something is physically changed in a person's life. But other than that, there's never a time they have to retest or recertify. No. The only time that that would come into play is if somebody had multiple citations and their license was actually revoked. A revocation is any time the period is over five years. That's a revocation. Okay. Suspensions are usually under a year. But if somebody gets their license revoked, let's say seventh, eighth time OWI, whatever, they will have to take a road test again to get their license back because it's been revoked. So they have to, after five years, they know they haven't supposedly haven't driven in five years. They need to be retested. It's that vision test that gets scary, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Do you still have to go in eventually and do a vision test in the DMV? Well, if you're under 18, they do that when they get their temps. Right, but over 18. They have to take their temp test at the DMV center, and that's where they would get their eyes checked when they got their temps. Their per- but I'm now thinking even as an adult, yeah. like it was, oh, yeah. I don't know when I'm renew? coming. Right, you have to renew your license. You still have to go into the DMV. If you are over, I was going to say 58, you have to go back in person to renew your driver's license. Yeah, which I just if did. under that. You can renew it online. Okay. I think it was a really quick eye test I just did last month. Where flashing lights. Yeah, the flashing lights off the side. Yeah. It's not much. 
No. <laughs> it took about five seconds, but uh, you always wonder if that's enough. As we age and get older, when we started getting in some not so great habits in driving and elderly or older, we're a licensed driver, but we have these bad habits. There's nothing to pull us back in and get that, get realigned, I guess. I've yeah. done a lot of work with some seniors and stuff from family members contact me. They're worried mom or dad isn't doing, they don't think so well. Will I go out and do an assessment with them? You do that? Oh, yes. Driving okay. Assessment. Just take them out for an yeah. hour. Say, okay, let's go here. Where do you go shopping? Take me there. Like, where do you go? Take me there. Um, and I just see how they drive and then say, okay, these are the things I see you're doing really well. These are the things I think you should work on to help you be safe. I always try to approach it that way. Nobody wants to say, you don't know what you're doing. Why? <laughs> so you try to tell people, hey, I see this and this. These are all great things. But we need to also work on try to do it positively. Yeah. Nobody wants to get told you suck. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Can they sign up for a class with you? Would you do that? Yeah, I would thought about doing maybe something. Some refresher, refresher like a yeah. two or three hour where, hey, these are the new rules of the road. Common one, a lot of seniors do not know what that flashing yellow light arrow is at a stoplight. They don't know because those are new, relatively new. Right. They don't realize that's a yield. They think, no, I can't go. I've seen that quite a bit. Yeah. I've been behind those people. Yes. Yeah. So for things like that, I've often thought of like the Lincoln Center, if somebody would want us to come in and do some kind of a presentation, we'd be happy to do it. I never want to be, and I hate it when I get brought in to be, we want you to come in to take the keys away. We don't want to do yeah, it. We don't that's... want to get cut out of the will. So you come in and do it. Right, 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 right. I'm like, I hate that. And it's like, no, I will not just do that. I will come in and drive with them. I will see if they're not safe. I will tell you. But I'm not going to come in with the attitude just because you don't feel giving up your freedom is a hard thing to do and that's all of a sudden get told you can't and you've been doing it for how long that's it's a tough you're spot. taking something away and it's really tough for a gentleman it's kind of a macho thing for us being the ones to drive absolutely yeah uh, so yeah it can be very traumatic for those people and you kind of just go into it with hey there are options there is the learning there are lincoln center there's the taxis if you sell your vehicle look at the money you'll have you ain't paying insurance no more you're not paying maintenance you're not paying fuel you can pretty much get somebody to drive you wherever you need to go no you're not just going to be stuck in your house let them know there's going to be options right. for them. that's what i always think of not the elderly person but just the general adult driver how much do you not remember from your driver's education. That's what I always wondered. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like the various things. There's always an interest in my mind of like trying to be that safest driver possible. But what have I forgotten? Right. And that's kind of the negative thing about the test because the one thing most people, if you ask, what did you do wrong on your test? You'll remember that. Right. But what did you do right on your test? Probably a lot because I passed. But you don't remember. Yeah. Back in the day. You did enough. I did enough. <laughs> but you don't remember. Right. But right. you remember that one wrong thing you did. Right. If people would remember the right things they do and keep doing those, yeah. I always tell kids right out when they come to class their first day, now that you're in driver's education, start to watch what your parents do and then don't do that. Oh, isn't <laughs> that the truth? None of them could probably pass a road test again. Yeah. You know, they think five over is fine. The sign doesn't say 25-ish. Turn signals are an option. <laughs> yeah, barely. <laughs> you don't need yeah. to turn into the immediate lane. Yep, whatever lane you're <laughs> oh, yeah. that's the oh, lane exactly. that's legal, right? Right. Okay. So we just tell them, watch what they're doing. And that's what we try to tell parents. Remember, your kids and they're not watching what you're doing. If you don't want them doing that when yeah. they get their license, don't teach them. The kids pick it up. They they're pick sponges. It up. They Absolutely. are. Absolutely. Yeah. You hope for the right reasons, but 
So, Chuck, you've been at this a long time, like we said. I think you said over 20 years? Yes. Yeah. I'm sure you've got some stories, but I don't know if you want to share them all with us, but do you have some? Well, there's been a few oh-shit moments, (laughs) but the majority of students are good. I like to think I don't have bad drivers. I have new drivers. They haven't been doing it it long enough to get bad. That's their parents. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I've had kids that after six lessons couldn't keep it between the curves. I had one girl in the middle of Watoma going up to a stop sign for a 20. I'm like, okay, at the stop sign, we'll turn. She puts the blinker on, hits the gas, and we're in the middle of the field. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> there goes your suspension. What happened here? <laughs> so, yeah, most of the time, it's because of other drivers blowing through stop signs. We stop, we got the right away, we go, and whoa, where did you fly from that defensiveness hopefully nothing serious yeah no we've never had an accident yet like on one yes very good and that goes back to our part because we always say it's not the student in control of the car it's the instructor we got that brake we can reach over grab that steering wheel i'm stronger than most of those kids so where's your foot normally oh it's over Over the pedal over the top (laughs) i break all the time (laughs) yep it just sits there because I don't have time to move it there sometimes. Yeah. You know, our job is we got to only watch all the traffic around us, but we have to watch the student's eyes. We have to watch what's his hands doing. Where's his feet? What are those doing? A lot of times you'll find out kids going around the corner and it's like, I can't, I can't. I said, it's not your hands. It's your feet. Put your toes on the pedal. Bend your toes to accelerate. Don't stomp on the pedal. Slow down. Now the turns are a lot easier if you keep your speed down. So you just got to watch, you know, why aren't they getting it? And then you, okay, try this. Oh, okay. Yeah, there we go. Well, and I think that's one of those things that we forget, the physicality of the skill set to drive, the coordination of your hands to your feet, to your eyes, speed, all of those components really do come into the physicality of skills of driving. Yes, and you have to teach kids not to be mechanical. New thing for young drivers, they turn their head right. Yeah, yep. <laughs> right. You know, it's like they turn the wheel with it, right? Loosen yep. your grip. So when I tell kids, okay, now when you go to scan this time, let go of the steering wheel. They'll go, they look, they come back. See, car went Still straight. Going straight. Yep. You were the one turning it. Back that <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, that's, I like that. Yeah. Well, the car is going to go straight to you tell it to do something else. If well, it's in alignment. I think we just got a refresher here, Bill. This yeah, is working out good yeah, for us. It's great. So, <laughs> perfect. Well, we've learned a lot today about driver's education in Wisconsin in today's world. And for all of us here at All About the Car Podcast Studio, it's really taken us back to that golden moment when we first felt the freedom of the open road. In parting, what top things, Chuck, should every driver remember? You will get there. You don't need to be in a rush. You will get there. If you have to be there at a certain time, leave early enough to get yourself there on time. Don't expect other people to get out of your way because you didn't want to get up and get out the door in the morning. Slow down, people. Great words of advice. Absolutely. That's good for everybody, for sure. Thank you so much, Chuck Scott, for joining us in our podcast and sharing your knowledge and memories of life on the road for the future. Thank you guys for having me. It was a great time. Good to hear you. Thanks. We hope to have you right along next time on All About the Car. To listen to previous episodes, find additional resources, or to simply send us a message, head to allaboutthecarpodcast.com. We'll see you next time.